practice law, you need a law degree. To be a doctor, you need to study medicine. But the best way to become a good writer is to write every day. You know, um, I saw this. You know, Garrison Keillor, he's the host of Prairie Home Companion. I saw him speak recently. Um, he writes these like whimsical limericks, and I asked him, you know, on the days that you're not feeling like writing whimsical limericks. How do you get yourself to sit down and write these like rhyming couplets or whatever? And he said, son, like a dentist doesn't need inspiration to work on teeth. A carpenter doesn't need inspiration to work on houses. You want to be a writer, you sit your butt in that chair and you write every single day. Is this where you'd like to be in your life? And is this what you'd like to be doing? How'd you get here? And where do you hope to go in the future? Most importantly, how are things right now? And what have you learned along the way? This is Bill Ehrlich. Is now a good time? You wrote a piece somewhat recently uh, about having a quarter-life crisis, and someone passed it along to me, and it, it seemed like it resonated with a, a lot of people. So clearly, you're not the only person kind of feeling like... Uh, like they, they, they came into, or they were prepared for a world that no longer existed mm-hmm. and, you know, are kind of stuck in between the, the comparison game fueled by social media, as well as the, um, the, the narrative or lack thereof of overnight success. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you write every day? How do you suck at something for long enough and commit under those other images that we're kind of all bombarded by. I mean, what do you think it was, like first off, like what made you write the article and then kind of what was the feedback that you got and how did that feel? Yeah. It was an interesting piece to write because I really believed in what I wrote and what I was saying, but I wasn't taking my own medicine. You know, like just a general assignment. A summary. The piece was about um, you know, quarter-life crisis and how do you figure out what you want when you don't know what you want. And the, the conclusion was that the skill isn't about like finding that perfect you know, job title or company. It's about you know, turning off all of the grass is greener thoughts in your mind and focusing on what's real and what's present developing contentment in that um, and even as I was writing it you know I, I still was like yeah you know, like, yeah this is true you know I believe in this but I'm not I wasn't practicing what I preach you know I was still comparing myself relative to people around me I was still you know looking at job listings at other companies even though I had a job that I could have totally you know done and been proud of and you know like so many elements of it um, it's hard like the truth of the matter is like I don't know whether it's an intrinsic part of me that just gets restless doing anything for too long or whether like the cure to that is just doubling down and working through those hard times to come out on the other side or whether I can continue to just bounce around and do things for a year or two at a time in my 20s until something sticks 
And were you doing a different job when you wrote the article than you have now? Uh, no. So, so I came back from my trip and I found this company, Josephine. Uh, some friends of mine were working on this project about you know, building a company for cooks and trying to reintroduce the neighborhood and get people to you know, talk to each other and turn something that is transactional, which is like purchasing a meal and turning it into an opportunity to connect. Um, and there's this labor justice mission about you know, really empowering these cooks, these you know, stay-at-home parents and immigrants and people for which cooking is this really developed skill and turning it into an economic opportunity where they can make money off of their craft and support themselves. Um, and so it resonated in a bunch of different ways. One, um, it is like, it's a tech company when it comes down to it. It's a marketplace and it's connecting customers to cooks. Um, but there is this feedback loop of being able to go to these home-cooked meals and concretize the work that you're working on on your computer all day. Um, two, it was alongside people that I respected the hell out of. Um, peers of mine, you know, not so hierarchical or people that aren't necessarily much older than me, but people whose values I really aspire to embody in myself. Kind of, we are the company we keep perspective. Um, and yeah, it checked a lot of the boxes. It, it, there was an element to ser of service to it. Home cooking is something that is part of my heritage, um, you know, part of my relationship with my mom and being Italian and, and you know, gathering around a table. Um, it was innovative um, in ways that I believed in from an economic standpoint. And, decentralizing food production and getting away from this industrialized system and um, you know, cooperative ownership and really trying to um, you know, bring opportunities to highest need, highest impact people. Um, and I'm still not sure whether it's right. You know, like In many ways, I have the coolest job I could possibly dream up for myself right now. And I still go to sleep and wake up in the morning, sometimes wondering if I should like quit tomorrow. Um, Why? Because I have this maybe false paradigm established in my mind that what I do with my days is what I do with my life and what I do with my days should be something that is invigorating at all times. <laughs> you know, it's a total false, false conception of success or professional purpose. But um, can, can you think of anything off the top of your head that that sounds better or more? Well, so I always return to writing. Writing is still one of the few activities that I can really get lost in and where thoughts about the past and the future melts away and you know, time isn't really cognizant. But with the, um, kind of like the friend who, who went from being a musician to being a professional musician, mm -hmm. do you, have you answered for yourself whether you want writing to be your day job or stay in that area of something that you don't need to compromise? I haven't, and that's, you know, what I'm working on. 
and I might apply to journalism school again. <laughs> you know, um, I think one thing that I've shown is it, it's been hard for me to have that discipline to write outside of work consistently. Um, you know, I have friends that you know a lot of famous writers. They they had other jobs, you know, and they made time, little bits of time, you know, half an hour here, half an hour there, to write every day. And I haven't proven to myself that I can do that yet. Um, but I have, like, continued a writing practice to a certain extent. Um, I'm not sure whether that's going to be enough to, to scratch the itch, but, um, yeah. I know that writing is still something I'm passionate about. Do you think, because it's not like because you've been writing on and off um do you ever think about your relationship to writing versus the idea of writing Mm -hmm. and which one you like more yeah i think about that all the time which Um, which one do you think you like or, or just tell me about yeah tell me about that dynamic so one thing maybe the thing i like most about writing is having written yeah, it is like the feeling I have after I'm done writing or like when I'm putting something out there that I've written that I'm proud of, you know. And obviously the hardest part of writing is like just looking at a blank page and being like, what the hell am I going to put on this page? You know, taking that first step and getting that first sentence down. And there are elements to the process that I love, um, you know, when you feel like you just a faucet, you open up the tap and it just like the words just pour out of you. Like there's no better feeling in the world. And there's parts parts of the process that I hate. Like I'm an awful editor of my own work. Uh, like I hate re- rewriting stuff. I get married to these ideas, and I don't like deleting them. Um, I'll edit someone else's work. Um, I'll like speak and be able to tell a story, but um, third draft, fourth draft, fifth draft. I hate doing that, and that's part of writing. You know, to be good, to be a really good writer. It really means to be a great editor. Um, you know, my, my, my writing mentor says the key is shitty first drafts. You know, you just need to get something out on the paper and then, you know, that's the key to writing, like developing that fluency to be able to sit down and, and produce pages. Um, and yeah, I have a lot of fear around my, my hesitance with doing the work to actually get good at the craft who's your who is your writing mentor uh she's a teacher i had her name is laureen carey uh she taught me creative nonfiction in college and she's a an author herself um yeah the teacher that i've connected with most in my life how often do you stay in touch uh we email and call back and forth a little while uh She's, she's still in Philly, and so I see her every time I go back to Philly. Um, right when I graduated, she did something incredible, which was she said, okay, I'm going to create a folder on my computer, and every week you send me something, and I'll put it in this folder. And I won't even read it, but just you, you send me something, and it'll go in this folder. And I you know, sent her some stuff a few times. It wasn't even about her editing it. It was just her being my coach, you know, and being a, an accountability partner that made sure that like I was writing this stuff um, yeah and like and she can break down break all this stuff down that I'm talking about in like the most logical terms 
I, I can diagnose the illness, but I can't get myself to take the medicine. You know? Do you think that it's, what do you think it says? I mean, because there's different activities. I think some people like, some people like the start of something. Mm-hmm. Some people like the actual of working on it. Mm-hmm. Some people just love the finished product. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any clues there, not just for yourself, but in general, as to which one should be pursued as a, as a hobby, as a career, as a passion, as a, uh, you know, a one-off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was listening to this podcast recently uh, on being, and there was an interview. Krista Tippett. Yeah, she's so good, right? Um, there's an interview with, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Gilbert, the woman that wrote You Pray Love. Um, and she was talking about, like, any craft or activity like 90% of it is going to be boring or at least unsexy, you know? And it's like, what, what 90% are you willing to put up with? You know, like, you know, same with writing, you know, like there, there are these moments that like, my favorite moments are like the moments when the gears are turning and I'm starting to see like these building blocks of a piece and like, then I have an idea, you know, and that's super exciting. Cause then I just like, can't wait to like, you know, I, I, it's like my, my, fingers can't type fast enough you know and then there's a moment of like actually feeling done you know and putting it out there and there's a moment of getting that validation of you know people that I respect or my peers or uh, you know strangers I've never met before reaching out and saying oh that like that thing that you wrote you know it resonated or like it meant something to me you know Um, but 90% of it is going to be boring. 90% of it is like not being able to find the right word or like not having a clean transition or uh, having to rework and rework and rework a sentence that doesn't feel like creativity. It doesn't feel like flow. It feels like work, you know? And yeah, I'm, I'm scared that I'll, that I'll fail at the work, you know, that I won't actually be good. Um, because I won't be willing to commit. Are you going to find out? Well, that's a big question, right? Um, yeah, I have faith. I'm, I'm an optimist, you know. Um, Do you think anyone could warn people about their 20s just being like, hey, it kind of seems like you're going to be done with a lot of the figuring out because you're, you're put out into the real world. And it's like... <laughs> You, you have you have no idea what's going on yeah I mean, like would it help or you just wouldn't even you wouldn't believe it if they told you yeah that's that's the truth you know like when I whenever I talk about this stuff with my friends like or even my mentors you know I hear two things one is I'm not worried about you like you're gonna be just fine you know and like okay <laughs> but like that doesn't help me feel any better you know like it requires it requires faith truthfully like that's what that's what committing to any person or any vocation requires it requires you know like Ira Glass talks about this he talks about when you're young in the creative field your work's gonna be shit you know it takes a long time to like learn how to be an expert or learn how to produce consistent good work but the thing that doesn't change is your taste your ability to discern like what is good and what is not good and so you just have to have faith in your taste and then continue to grind and then eventually you get better and you get better and you get better 
And the second thing I hear is like, you're young, this is what you're supposed to do. And like, that doesn't help either. <laughs> you know, like it's like, I don't want to wait for some old wise day of mine in the future when everything makes sense and works out. It's like, I want to know now, <laughs> you know? And yes, that's like, you know, naive and, and it's, a, it's a complete cycle, right? It's like, that's what being young is, you know? It's like being impatient, you know? Um, but yeah, I, it depends on the side of the bed that I woke up on, whether this existential drama is like making me feel alive or making me feel hopeless. Um, and yeah, the next step I need is just faith. What would, what is, what does success or what would success look like to you? Um, I want to be a good father. <laughs> that's like, that's my conception of success. Yeah, it's like being able to impart whatever wisdom I've learned onto the life of someone else and shape them to be a little bit better than me. Um, I think that's like the most profound gift you can can receive in this life. Professional standpoint, um, success in my mind is the ability to be grateful for what you have every single day, um, and for that gratitude to come with ease, and for it to come often. If you had to choose between being well respected in in a field with a with with a with a body of work that um, people are aware of. Mm-hmm. But it's a grind, and it's like it's a slog, or to be relatively anonymous, but wake up with with uh, joy in your work every day. What do you choose? Yeah, I mean the latter, obviously. Um, like all the other stuff is just it's just vanity, you know. It's... Would you have always chose the latter? Well, so I choose the latter conceptually, <laughs> and I still get the most sense of fulfillment from prestige and from you know validation of my peers um, but I think I'm gonna grow out of that you know and like I think as like on my trip I developed a sense of contentment with myself and then everything else was just additive you know it was just toppings and mix-ins um, and I feel that way about my work. Eventually, I think I'll be able to like write for the trash can and not care whether it ever sees the light of day um, or you know, produce something for the sake of producing it and not for, for compensation or 
necessary for uh, reputation. Um, and I'm not there yet. You know, I know I'm not there yet, but I think that I will get there eventually. If you had a piece of advice given your uh, experiences thus far and your trip and the various uh, kind of types of jobs you've had and, and just going over a lot of this stuff you know mm-hmm. up and up until this point at 26 what's the advice for someone younger whether it be a younger version of yourself or just someone else yeah uh, shut up and be grateful <laughs> yeah like it's it's easy to think that you are the center of the universe. There's this great like Jewish teaching that at all times we carry two letters in our two pockets. One is you are the center of the universe and the universe was created for you. And the other is like you are just dust, you know, and you are insignificant. And the beauty of being a human in my mind is to be able to hold those two seemingly contradictory ideas in our mind at the same time and for them both to be true. Why I believe in gratitude is because it it shows you both. It shows you that um, you have an abundance of things already, and you don't need to acquire anything else. And it also shows you that you and you alone have this incredible power and capacity to change the way that you feel and impact the people around you. If you had to title your own autobiography, what would the title be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't overthink it. <laughs> Again, it's it's always hard to take our own medicine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do what I say, not what I, not what I do. Well, thanks for coming by. I mean, I think that, uh, again, this is something I think everybody deals with uh, to varying degrees at various different times because there's the chance that maybe you don't go on this trip, maybe you don't have any of these thoughts, and then you are 50 years old and you freak out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, I, sh- I sh- should have thought about it more. Why am I, a, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z? Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for coming over and sharing about your life experiences and just something that we all go through, myself included, and continue to go through. And I will link to your some of your writings um, so people can check those out because they especially the one uh kind of that was very candid and and about having a quarter life crisis uh, that i think at anyone in their 20s could relate to Don't wanna stay alive when you're 25
for Marks and Sparks And Freddy's got sparks from ripping up the stars From his face, funky little boat race Tell